All right, so we're going to have five seconds of silence. Well, everybody, yet again, Brian Caves is shirking on his responsibilities. I put responsibilities lightly when it comes to recording Brian and me, but that's okay. We're going to keep the the list of star-studded co-hosts intact, and we're going to bring somebody back from last year before the MLS season started. That's with our pal from the... Uh, soccer talking lad, St. Louis Magazine equal. I, I I think you're everywhere. It's probably better if I just let you hmm. tell everybody where they can find you. But the, Justin Horniker, Justin. Yeah, how yeah, are, you can how find are you me doing tonight? all over. I'm back from beyond the grave. Happy to be here with and me. <laughs> <laughs> talking soccer too. Also talking soccer, which I've enjoyed that on the Instagram. There, uh, I, I'm going to send it over to you, Justin. I want you to tell everybody. Get, let's get all the, okay. the ads. You want to get the, my plugs the, out of the way? Get the plugs out of the way okay. now, because we always put it at the end and everyone's like, I'm just going to stop listening now. So let's get it now so they have to listen to them. Yeah. So I write for St. Louis Magazine here in St. Louis, obviously, for Area Sports Network, which we do a lot of MLS coverage, specifically MLS. And then for through St. Louis Magazine, I do more like St. Louis-y stuff. And then through Talking Soccer and through the Equalizer, uh, I do my NWSL and you know national team coverage as well uh soccer talk lads stl podcast of course you can find us there we're actually recording right after this so if you want to hear uh about the greatest expansion team in the history of all expansion teams you can come over and listen what? to that whoa we're gonna talk about it a little bit but yeah so- <laughs> soccer talking lads they've been around before lawsuits made podcasts popular right. we're, soccer we're there before the copyright yeah you were the og um st louis mm. soccer club podcast because you came out two years before they were ever going to play a match. So, yeah. um, and, and if you remember from way back in the old universe, I think it's um, the second or uh, first chapter of the Brian me world. We, um, we were on soccer talking lads before the MLS cup. Yes. Where I correctly predicted the crew would beat Seattle in a resounding fashion. Um, Man, but that feels like a million years ago. It was, it was, <laughs> well, it'll be, Oh, it's two and a half ish years mm. right now. It feels like some what, what year is it? 2023? Yeah, it, it feels like it's been longer than over two years. It really does. Feels like it's been at least five years ago. But uh, Justin joined us last year because we had a series of guests coming on to talk about the different teams that they cover and the different teams that they, you know, care about. And now this time around, you're stuck with co-hosting duties, mm-hmm. which are much more rigorous and tense. Like I told you, shut your fan off. Shut right. we, this is a this I'm is a sweating you know it's a sauna in here but you do it for the love of the game really and that's that's what right. we have to realize yeah right and i have a question before we get into the show because we don't have a dedicated portion of this um lindsey haran this mm. is not a question anymore i was going to do a question but now it's direct lindsey haran ruined ireland's chances last night she interfered with that goalkeeper what were your thoughts you were there justin was yeah. in the in the stadium I think you're, um, how, you're taken away from the Glazo that was Alana Cook totally mean to shoot that. <laughs> I'm not going to go, especially on her birthday. I love Alana Cook as next as much as the next soccer fan. But um, Lindsay Horan impeded. Um, you could even say she um, she stormed the goalkeeper. Uh, and um, I think that was enough to call foul. But they didn't. You're not yeah, going to see anybody. get. I wonder uh, in a VAR setting what that looks like. But 
Yeah, called on the field. It's a goal. Look at it. It was a, a heck of a cross, <laughs> and on and on Alana's birthday. So mm. I'm not going to take it. Um, it was a damn I'm good goal. It, it was straight for the back post, and the goalkeeper plays it. And that's what kind of allows it to go in. But it was like <sighs> the the thing that they had going forward that game. <laughs> what else is going on in your life, Justin? Not soccer related. Just how how are you? How are things? I'm good. I'm you know spending some time at home with my parents here in St. Louis. So that's good because ever since I moved to KC, like kind of don't get the time that you used to get with them. So I always enjoy that. So that's we're, awesome. We're living a good life. The, that's, I mean, having a good yeah. relationship with your parents is a very, a very mm. positive thing. A very positive thing. It's so crazy because you cover STL mostly. It seems yeah. like you're covering a lot of St. Louis, but you live in Kansas City. How, how tough is that? Because that's what, like three hours, four hours away, maybe? Yeah, it's like three. We live downtown. So, like, oh, I okay. like being in KC, especially like since before St. Louis existed. It, like, I still cover the current, right? So, like, being there, being in the city, and, like, I moved there for my wife, so it's not necessarily, like, <laughs> it, it was a sacrifice in a way that, like, I'm okay living there, because she is the breadwinner of our household. And <laughs> Nothing, I, I, I would not, like, there is no shame coming from us. We are yeah. very, Brian and myself, we're very clear on our stance that we would mm. not mind um being taken care of <laughs> there was no part of us that would feel any yeah well so like to fill, we uh we met in st louis so we both went to college here ran cross-country mm-hmm. track and then she went to emporia for grad school so that's when we moved to kc and then we just kind of stayed there eventually we want to move back to st louis but we're in kc still for now just you know enjoy enjoy what you got right where yeah, as you exactly. as you got it i'm um we're we're kind of on the grass. You talk about these long trips and whatnot. Uh, Bryant is going to be here. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be within 24 hours. Bryant's going to be here in Columbus. So um, it's just you with your parents, me with Bryant. Mm. It's all of these, you know, loving familial reunions. Right. And I A lot hope of hugging. Can, yeah. 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 Hug, oh, definitely hugging. Uh, maybe drinking. I don't know what your parents... Um, if if their libation of choice or anything yeah, like that I mean, but my dad's a firefighter in st louis so oh, if that, if that fills oh, you in. okay <laughs> then i'm not going to drink nearly as much i'm sure <laughs> so that's just uh, this is the beginning of brian me where we're gonna mm. warm we're gonna warm your heart um we're gonna warm your cockles and um we're gonna really you in note, we're gonna make you love us yeah false sense of security mm. and then tear it all down like we like to do um there's always a phrase of uh, the phrase is keep people wanting more mm. and we don't believe in that. So we're going to get into the show where we're going to ask you or at the end of the show, you're going to be thinking I wanted much less. I know uh, way too much about them now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's learn more about each other, Justin, shall we? Welcome, boys and girls, to Bright Me. We're a podcast where we talk about soccer and other things, other podcasty things. We've got Justin tonight, so it's really Justin and me. And it won't be as confusing as a few weeks ago when it was Ryan and me, because Ryan and Bryant oh, that's sound very similar. Not, not good at all. Actually, I called Ryan Bryant twice, so even <laughs> I had troubles. So Justin and me, it's going to be much easier. And do you need me to explain the Justin and me? Because you were thinking that it was going to be... I thought I was going to be and me, but and I'm, me, I'm, like, you explained that well, so I'm glad that we got that out of okay. the way 
I think okay. I understand that I'm Bryant, so yes, you can call me Bryant if you want, if that makes you feel better. At some point, I probably will, <laughs> and it's not anything um, <laughs> of you telling me to do it. I'm just going to do it. Uh, we've got a, a fun show tonight, though, because we've got a rivalry match coming up in the NWSL this weekend. You've already heard about uh, Justin's background covering the current, but um, our mighty Chicago soccer athletes, mighty in oh. air quotes, versus Kansas City Current, who might have 11 players to play this weekend. We're going to preview that match. Plus, LT from Red Stars Report will drop, not just talk about Malpe's injury mm. and Casey Kruger and Tierna Davidson's play for the U.S. national team, but also preview the upcoming match against KC, plus talk about the 4-2 drubbing that was the Mexico national team taking down the Chicago soccer athletes. So we'll get into that. Then we're going to spin the big wheel of teams, and we're going to land on a team that uh, Justin doesn't know. I don't know. So we're I'm gonna really curious. On a, yeah, I, I would love to see who we're going to. It makes me nervous. I know you're already hot, and I told you no fan. Um, this really gets into a cauldron once we don't know who we're going to mm. talk about. I got the nervous um, sweats going on, yeah. Yeah, very, very random and not planned. And then we're going to talk about uh, STL and how they're the greatest, not expansion team, maybe the best team ever created in Major League Soccer. Don Garber mm. finally got the formula right, and he got it right with with Archie and the St. Louis City SC. I have to yell the city part because it's in all caps. And we'll also talk it. about the crew who are not playing too poorly themselves at this point and then i'm going to ask justin this is going to be the moment that's going to keep you with this podcast the whole time has justin got his podcast sued by a major league soccer team yet so wait and find out because um it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be crazy so justin yes this weekend is a matchup between chicago red stars and the kansas city current coming into this season right Kansas City and Chicago, well, Kansas City especially, they were cleaning up the free agency market. I mean, in one announcement, they announced Mogatro and Vanessa DiBernardo. Mm. They bring in Dabinia, which was the, you know, the white whale of the free agency. That's a market. winning free agency right there. Yes. That's that alone is winning free agency. That's not even it. There are more players that they brought in over um over the free agency period. And then look at Chicago. Sure, they hadn't had huge signings they brought in julie bianchi from the brazilian national team but we also lost mo and we lost danny coloprico and vanessa di bernardo and rachel hill and sarah lubert and i'm gonna get sad if i keep talking about it but casey krueger is coming back tierna davidson's coming back and when you have mal pew you're probably not in a you're probably not in bad shape <clears throat> so speaking of bad shape now it's been what three weeks into the season three match days into the season for folks who are Chicago fans, most of the people who are listening are probably Chicago fans. You already know that Mal Pugh is likely out. There's no time frame, but they're already saying she's missing the World Cup. Mm. Probably feels like you're going to have a malless season in in Chicago this year. And then Kansas City. My goodness, Justin, I want you to take this one. What has happened? <laughs> all this excitement. It turned into like um, this is going to be FIFA on PlayStation. Yeah. On like on easy mode with Kansas City current. Now they're they're struggling to score goals uh, um, on that easy mode. What yeah, happened? it's well, the big thing, of course, is injuries just like mm. decimated them from from the get go, like preseason starting. They're already without Dabinia. 
I think I like sent you guys the list. Yeah. So does Scott probably out for the season or at best, like late in the season, Claire Lavage out till July, uh, Sam Mewis, no one knows really her timetable. It sounds like she doesn't know her timetable either. Uh, and DiBernato. DiBernato is actually back. She's been at practice, but Gatro is still injured. The has made her way back, but she was injured during preseason. Hannah Glass also was injured during preseason, but she is on her way back. And then uh, some more. So Kristen Hamilton, there's no timetable on her. Elizabeth Ball, who is kind of their best center back, is hurt. And there's no time. She hasn't returned to practice yet, although it doesn't seem like a big injury. And then uh, as of today, Alex Loera is hurt, who... If you would have asked me tomorrow, my outlook of it would be I'm excited to see Alex Lara back at center back because their defensive back line depth is rough. And then, of course, Loera goes down. So, yeah, their injuries have definitely put a hamper when you think of it. It's like eight of their probable starting 11 are not fit right now. And, Oof. yeah. You can almost start a better team of injured players than you can yeah. healthy players right now in Kansas city. So I was, uh, what? Okay. I was at the home opener and you kind of share an elevator going out to the press box and going down to the, to kind of where the press conference is going to be. And the Casey current players all got on the elevator to go down all the injured players. And they were like enough players to completely fill up the elevator on the way down. You're like, Oh, like, okay. We'll get the next one. <laughs> we'll get the next so this one. is what's going on. Yeah. Oh, so they're um, they're like the Red Stars right now, where they don't have any points. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason that the Red Stars are above Kansas City current is because of goal differential, and Chicago's is only negative two compared to negative four for Kansas City. And then for some reason, well, not for some reason, it's Orlando. Orlando is the worst team, yeah, in the league, but. This is fortunately, it's very early on in the season. It's very early on where um, maybe the shield is out of the question. I know we're only talking about two matches into the season, but you got to have a lot of points to catch up with. You have a lot of points to come back from if you want to compete for that. But it is a playoff league, and a lot of teams in the NWSL make the playoffs. Once Kansas City gets healthy, I really think that, you know, they're going to be a team that is that you know, FIFA on easy mode. Yeah. And um, like, if you look at this team last year under Matt Potter, like they had a really bad start too, before they switched to their kind of five, one, two, two formation that worked out so well for them over the course of the season, but they had to go on like an 18 game on beaten streak to like get to the point where they're kind of fighting for, you know, top of the conference, but they started off the first six games with like three points also. So like it's not uncharted territory necessarily. It's obviously a different scenario than last year in that it's not that you're play like you're playing bad, but it's because you're relying on a lot of youth, a lot of mm-hmm. plate pieces that you thought were depth pieces that are now having to play important minutes. And like you're learning a lot about players like Chardonnay Coran, I think, has like stepped up and kind of proved something over these first two games, but like it's definitely behind the eight ball for sure. And it is, like you said, a very different roster this time around. Mm-hmm. If they're healthy, there's no way you have zero points yeah. in the first two matches. I, I mean, you, you still play North Carolina, which they're 
not really slouches. You still have, you know, Jason Sullivan in the midfield. And you, you have a talented group there. You've got strong goalkeeping. Uh, you know, that's always great. Um, but then you, you face the Portland Thorns, which losing four to one, that's not it's not easy. That's, yeah. not, that's not an easy match already. Um, you had, you know, Sophia Smith just like tearing apart that back line uh yeah it was like fun to watch as a sophia smith fan but as a casey current uh supporter it's a little bit frustrating this yeah it's so tough to watch uh, the nwsl and the u.s women's national team yeah because um you you love a player like sophia smith then she plays your team and just dismantles them Mm -hmm. um and you're like well i want to hate you but at the same time I'm glad she's on our side, right. that kind of thing. I'm glad she's um, in good form at the very least. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just like have a slightly less good form mm. against my team? Um, one of those players, too, is usually Mal Swanson. I said Mal Pugh earlier, Mal Swanson. Um, last year against Kansas City, I mean, you're talking about that point run, but Chicago came in and kind of mm. – took some action against that towards the end of the season with that four nil win. I very much remember that specific play she had where she picked up the ball in the middle of the field and just like burned the entire midfield. Yeah. Uh, Like two nutmegs in there, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She was, Oh, poor anybody in Mal's way in that play. But now um, Chicago's kind of the opposite. You have these players coming back. Um, Defensively was the issue last year. Last year was the uh, defensively was the problem, especially they moved to the three, uh, three in the back. So you have, you know, uh, Tana Malazzo is not playing as forward. She has a lot more defensive roles in that kind of structure. They lost Kayla Sharples. They lost Davidson. They lost Kruger. Um, this year, the defense comes back and you're like, oh, Tierna Davidson's back. Oh, Casey Kruger's back. Oh, everything is going great. And you're like, combine that with Mao's offensive juggernobbery, mm. which is an actual real word. Now this year, um, now you're going to have a season where it's completely flipped on its head because you don't know if Mal's coming back. Kilia, she hasn't made any decision. And at this point, too, is somebody, is she able to jump into a match? Like, probably mm. not. Because even if you did come back now, there's a lot of fitness and a lot of cardio to get back. Um, it's it's kind of dire straits now. At the beginning of the season, I was really thinking, okay, yeah, I think Chicago's going to make the playoffs. They made them last year. They're going to have a stronger run this year. It is a young team, but they're going to fill those midfield spots. They drafted all those Penn State players in the draft, so we knew that they were going to be a little bit better. Um, just kidding. Uh, Tatum talked about all these players in the beginning of the season. We interviewed her. She said, yeah, we've lost all these midfielders, but for years there have been other players who have been killing to get into that midfield mm-hmm. role. And you know, they haven't been awful. I know they have a negative two goal differential, but Chicago hasn't had a bad season. But now it it's hard to say that they're going to be a playoff team without Mal Swanson and all she does. Yeah, Because um, I mean, like, if you folks missed it, she had a, a what was it, her knee? The teller tendon. The teller, yes. yeah, the tendon completely disconnected from her kneecap. And Just, she uh, that was during the friendly against Ireland. Yeah, and stoppage time. And like she was already getting beat up in that game. She had a, she went down earlier going into a, conclu- a collision with a goalkeeper that like looked like she just cranked her neck and then stays in the game. Probably should have been taken out, but stays in the game and then like just a freak injury where you 
dislocate your patella tendon, which is not good. Uh, thanks for nothing, Flacco. <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, so now it, I don't think it just hurts Chicago. I, I think it does hurt the national team. I know mm. you have Smith, and you know Morgan's always going to get the attention that Morgan gets, but Swanson's a game changer. <laughs> like she, like, her and Smith. I would be afraid, like yeah. seeing well, the two of them play, and it forces them to like completely redraw their formation too. Because like Wacko talked about it last night when he was asked about it, and like he explicitly said that they designed this formation for Smith and Swanson to be on opposing wings, and like yeah. Alyssa Thompson, I think is going to be very good. Obviously, she's inexperienced. I don't know if they're going to make that like like for like sub, but she was pretty dangerous last night, but. Yeah. Like, and they brought her in and started her right away. Yeah. And I mean, Smith, I know she's young, but she's already, you could argue, best player in the NWSL. And oh, she's yeah. young, but she is um, wise beyond her years, especially, you know, in the talent category. So maybe, maybe last night was a clue that, okay, I just brought her into camp, but she's starting. Maybe that's what Vlaco's going to like, hey, get her in now because we need to get her yeah. reps up before we but go over to your point, Thomas. Like, Mal is a, MVP. I thought she should have won the MVP last year, and like you lose that player from the last lineup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you have to score the most goals mm. in order to win the MVP. That's everyone knows that in MLS and NWSL. You have to score the most goals because mm. those are the only important players are the people who score right. goals. Just right, right. Come on. you cover both leagues. You should know this. I yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> I, I don't think you were. So you were <laughs> with Swanson out. Like, mm. what is Chicago's striker situation? Chicago striker uh, situation. Um, Ella Stevens is going to get a lot of uh, is going to get a lot of play. I think she's going to get a lot more minutes than she had before, and she was still getting good minutes. She would play sometimes alongside Mal, mm. but um, at this point, she's she's the starter. Uh, jump into the I deep end, right? And and looking through the roster. Now I'm I'm biased. I've said this before. I went to Penn State. I graduated from Penn State. And also when I talk about Chicago, I don't talk about it with any sort of journalistic integrity. Uh-huh. Um, we talk about it as if, um, well, because we love Chicago soccer athletes. There's a player who they drafted this year um, from Penn State. She's technically, she's in the forward group, but people call her like a midfielder, Ali Schlegel. She... Played a lot of striker at Penn State. She is physical. She's not Mal. Nobody is Mal. Mm. But she's somebody who could, I think, get into the fold for that forward position. Uh, I think she could surprise folks. Ava Cook is going to be somebody who gets a lot of attention up there. Uh, and then also uh, China Matthews. She came over from, what I think Louisville was the last stop. She had a stop between Louisville and Chicago, I think. I'm not sure. But uh, she came back from having her third child, but then scored two goals for Jamaica <laughs> during the international nice. break in one match. So um, maybe that's a good sign in the in the same you know same day that Mal Swanson goes down, Matthew scores two goals. Uh, that's good form <laughs> if you're gonna ask me. Yeah. Um, so I, it, there are a few different ways they can go. I, I think Ellis Stevens is probably gonna be up there. Ellis Stevens and Ava Cook. But then also Matthews and Schlegel could maybe slot into that. And, and I think it's probably going to take a few matches. It's going to take some time to 
maybe rotate players. I'm sure in practice they're doing all different things now. But mm. also, if you're the coach of Chicago, with Mal's injury history, you can't just assume that, and especially with the World Cup, you can't assume that Mal's going to play every match anyway. Yeah. So hopefully they had some sort of game plan set in place where, okay, if Mal's not playing, what what are we going to do? Because, uh, they, yeah, with, like I said, with the World Cup. Fast it was, forwards it. Yeah. yeah, they're going to be without her for at least like four or so games anyway. So Yeah. Um, so let's go into our Red Stars report. Report from our pal LT. LT is going to share uh, more about the Mal injury, talk in detail about Tierna and Casey's U.S. Women's National Team performances over the last two matches against Ireland. Um, they were robbed in the second one, Ireland was. And then um, going to go through the preview for upcoming match against Casey, plus that friendly that they played against Mexico at uh, SeatGeek Stadium there in Bridgeview, Illinois. So LT, take it away. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another segment of the Red Stars Report Rundown. My name is LT. I'm the creator of Red Stars Report. This isn't going to be an easy week to discuss things, especially after the recent injury to Mallory Swanson. But because that's something that's kind of on top of everyone's mind right now, we can get right into it. Mallory was injured during the U.S. Women's National Team friendly this weekend against Ireland. In that match, she went down with what looked like to be a knee injury and had to be stretched off the field on the medical cart and taken to the hospital. U.S. Soccer released a statement the following day, which stated that Swanson had torn her patella tendon and would be evaluated further back in Chicago. Well, on Tuesday morning, Mallory announced on her Instagram that she underwent surgery to repair that tendon. And I just wanted to start my comments on this situation by stating that I first and foremost care about Mal the person before Mal the player. We at Red Stars Report will be with her every step of the way, and our comments regarding the club now are not in any way intended to feel like we are focusing on missing Mal as the player from the lineup, but this is just the nature of the situation, and we love Mal, and her health means more to us than her role as a player on this club. I also just wanted to point out that uh, Sophia Smith wore white tape on her wrists in match two of the international friendlies that read Mal with a heart on it. And it was just the sweetest thing to see. And I, and I really like seeing that support from her teammates on the national level. I know something like this really hurts a lot of people in the fan base to see, you know, someone like Mallory go down like that. The outpouring of support that she has received has been really amazing to see. And we just wish her the best in her recovery and hope that she can come back better than ever and and finally get that full season under her belt where she can prove to every single person out there that she is one of the best players in this world. She deserves something like that more than anything. Now we can talk about the Red Stars. I'm going to start by mentioning really quick that the loss against Houston hurt, um, but there were some positives that came from it, especially two players that being uh, Bianca St. George and Casey Kruger. I thought they played really, really well in that match, and it was really nice to see. And speaking of Casey Kruger, she made her return to the national team during this break uh, alongside the return of Tierna Davidson to the squad as well. 
Both didn't make it into match one for the United States women's national team, but subbed into match two. And both played really well from what I saw. I didn't get to see the whole match. I'll have to go watch it and replay. But from what I did see, it looks like that T hasn't really lost her touch in any single way. And Casey really looks like she hasn't lost a single bit of pace or speed. And I'm really glad to see both of them back. Hopefully they can make it onto that World Cup roster, but we'll just have to wait and see if that's possible. During this international friendly, we also got to see Alyssa Nair back in goal, yet again for the women's national team for the U.S. Shayna Matthews scored a goal for Jamaica's reggae girls, and Jill Aguilero got to wear the captain's armband for the Puerto Rican national team, which was really awesome to see. Uh, BSG also got called into Canada's squad, but she didn't make it into a match, unfortunately. Back at home, the Red Stars actually played an international friendly of their own against the Mexican national team. Uh, this was an opportunity to see some of the faces that we haven't gotten to see this season. Even though the club lost by a few goals, uh, <laughs> there were still some really good performances by players that we don't really get to see much playing time from. First and foremost, Julia Bianchi, the Red Stars' newest Brazilian national, scored an Olimpico, the uh, first corner that she has taken for the club. She scores a goal directly from the corner. It was amazing to see. Uh, you can see that video at the uh, on our Twitter page. I I had screen recorded it. It looked it was really 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 cool. Uh, but this was the first indication that this player probably shouldn't be sitting on that bench anymore. Uh, and also maybe a solution to the who takes the corner kicks question that kind of hangs over this club's head now that Mallory is out. Uh, she needs to connect with the team a little bit more, uh, having struggled with some turnovers in the midfield, but that will come with time. Other players who stood out were Sarah Griffith, who scored a really nice header goal. Uh, Jenna Bike played really well at wingback yet again. Uh, Ali Schlegel, the rookie, uh, who had some good moments in the attack. She played well. All three players will be much needed in the attack as it's now kind of a committee that will need to band together and get goals on the board in Mal's absence alongside others like Ella Stevens, Penelope Hawking, Shayna Matthews, and Ava Cook on that front line. Amanda Kowalski also stepped in to fill out that back line that was missing T and Casey. And I thought she played quite well. Uh, and she even had a goal line clearance that saved it from becoming even more of a blowout by Mexico. The last player that I wanted to mention is Mackenzie Wood. The Red Stars have been having an interesting situation with their goalkeepers this season. Alyssa was with the national team this week. Emily Boyd seems to still be managing an injury. Mackenzie Wood was also injured, but questionable uh, to play last week. So they signed Megan McClellan out of Rutgers to back Wood up uh, for this match while Alyssa is gone. Even though Wood was on the wrong side of a five-goal surge by Mexico, I don't think she played poorly at all by any means. Uh, she had some brilliant saves and held her own against a front line that included goal-scoring powerhouses like Maria Sanchez and Diana Ordonez. It's not easy as, you know, a club player to just go right up against a national team, but I think I think she held her own. I'm really pleased from what I saw out there from her, and I'm looking forward to seeing how much she can learn under Alyssa. Now let's talk about Saturday. 
At 7 p.m. Central on Paramount Plus, the Chicago Red Stars will take on the 2022 NWSL Championship finalists, Kansas City Current, who took this offseason to absolutely stack their club with a bunch of talent, including MVP finalist Dabinia and two former Red Stars, Morgan Gatra and Vanessa DiBernardo. Now, all three of these players have been injured, but Dabinia is expected to play this weekend against the Red Stars. And it's too early in this week to have status updates on V and Mo, but make sure to follow us on Twitter at Red Stars Report to get the latest on those players uh, when the injury report comes out this Friday. Kansas City hasn't been playing all that well defensively this season, currently sitting at a negative four goal differential over the first two matches. The Red Stars' history against the club is kind of hit or miss, but the last time that they played was that four-goal burst by the Red Stars that included that absolutely ridiculous run from box to box by Mal that included two nutmegs and a rounding of the goalkeeper, also former Red Star Cassie Miller. Amazing stuff uh, that will be missed this time around, but I think the club can still take advantage of the current's poor defensive play and get their first win of the season this weekend. I'm not sure what the starting lineup will look like this weekend and moving forward now that Mal is out, but I will say that I hope that they move Yuki back to her forward position and start Julia Bianchi at that sixth position in her place. I think this is necessary after Bianchi's performance against Mexico, and I think she could be a great partner alongside Kerry Ricaro while also swapping one veteran forward like Mal, who has been teaching rookie Penelope Hawking, for another veteran forward in Yuki, who can carry on that veteran presence up top. As for the defense, Casey and Tierna will be back, and that will be great to see after them getting some more intense training in the national team environment over the break. I still like the three-back system. I know a lot of people don't, but I think that Players like Tatum, Tierna, and Casey are built for a system like that with their speed and the amount of ground that they can cover across the entire pitch. We just need to see if they can work out the chemistry part of it since they really haven't ever played together at the same time in their careers. This is also the first time that Casey and T have played in that three-back system while Tatum had the entire year last year to kind of work out what her role is in that system. For more coverage on the Red Stars, follow us on social media at Red Stars Report, and you can join our Discord to engage with a wonderful community of people. Uh, An invite link is at the top of our Twitter page for that. I really encourage you to join the Discord. It's a really great environment for Red Stars fans that I've really tried to build into something that everyone in this community can enjoy and just be in a space where they feel safe to talk about all the stuff that they're feeling about the Red Stars. We also don't just talk about the Red Stars. A lot of people still discuss other international teams, other international leagues, and just women's soccer in general. Thanks again for joining us for the Red Stars Report Rundown. I'll send it back now to Thomas and another person that is, to my understanding, not Bryant. Thanks again, LT. If you're not following Red Stars Report, what are you doing? I mean, if you're following us and and not following them, there are serious problems that you're making in terms of your Chicago soccer fandom. So we're, we went to the NWSL. We've talked a little about international, but now, Justin, this is it. This is the hot seat. This is what I told you about 
we're going to spin the big wheel of World Cup teams, and we're going to preview another club. Last time around, we previewed Ireland. We previewed other teams, too. So this is our fourth team that we previewed. We're going to have to hurry up the previews, actually, <laughs> after this episode, because we probably should do two teams at a time, actually, because um, I don't think we're going to get them all by the time the World Cup uh, kicks off. But I'm going to go and spin the wheel, and then we're going to find out. So we're going to... Oh man, I wonder who it's gonna be. Justin, it's your favorite team, England. <sighs> okay, let's do it. We're gonna talk <laughs> before we get going. Just so anything that is said after this, you have a frame of reference. Justin, I saw a tweet from you a little mm-hmm. bit ago. What was that tweet that you sent out about? Well, I just think that, yeah, I just think that it's going to be bad for the entire universe if England were to win the World Cup. So I was just saying that it's in everyone's best interest (laughs) to band together and make sure it doesn't happen. They're just going to be so annoying about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, We've talked about this on Brian Me ad nauseum. We already feel like they don't shut up about the lionesses. They feel like, oh, well, England is such a great country for soccer, even though we only started really caring about it for the women like six years ago. Yeah, uh, nothing before that matters, country. obviously. Yeah, we're the best <laughs> players in the world. Whenever it comes to the Guardian, oh, my God, the Guardian's top 100 players in the world. Every oh, year Lord. I just get so I mad about it. I get mad every year. And the problem is there are American journalists involved in the decision jeff kasuf is involved in these decisions and even they're siding with the folk there's a big euro Mm. (laughs) there's a big euro bias i have this year especially was egregious because like the amount of distance between like alex morgan sophia smith and like dabinia and just like do you even watch you don't watch the nwsl i guess like it just doesn't seem like they do what they think in um in England, and just mm. this is from listening to podcasts over there, listening to journalists from over there, listening to fans who have podcasts. Because I've listened to a few. We even had some, you know, folks from England on years ago, like during the start of the pandemic. Um, they all say, "Well, in America, they just run a lot." That's pretty much the argument. Is yeah, mm. Americans just run a lot. They're really fit, but tactically, Europe is the best nation and the best continent in the world for football and our teams are so amazing because of all of their tactical brilliance and blah 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 um looking at the top 100 list alex morgan was 18 um and i don't even i i don't see it uh kat macario is the first american on the list and she's at 16 but that's because she plays where in France. Yeah. In France. Which is um, also low for Kat Macario, but she's been right. she's been injured, she so maybe that's he was injured. So that's <laughs> fair. Like you said, Dabinia was twenty three. Sophia Smith uh is twenty one. I'm still trying to find Mal Mal was thirty sixth. Yeah. You're telling me Mal wants it. It's the thirty sixth best player. I mean it's it's like kind of has a kernel of truth in that NWSL is a largely transitional league and that a lot of our like best strikers are just incredibly quick. If you look at like, if you look at Mal, if you look at Sophia Smith, like Trendy Rodman, like Alyssa Thompson, like their speed just jumps out at you. But 
it's completely disregarding like the rest of their game also like Sophia Smith can just take an entire game over at a moment's notice right and I know like the pa- I know people in Europe love passing um, and you can tell by the Guardians top 100 list mm. but um, yeah it's it's tough so I, I, I kind of I agree with it not kind of I agree with the sentiment because I already think it's bad enough. I already think that the lionesses have this aura about them because of England. And I also, when you're in a country like England where the men's side too has fallen flat on their face for centuries, <laughs> I say centuries. Um, I think that also puts the onus on that. And I think there's an argument too that when you're in a country who's so obsessed with like men's soccer mm. that the women's soccer fandom is going to be even stronger because part of that not just loving the game which is a huge part of it and you know we're obviously here talking about we love nwsl we love you know us women's national team we just love soccer and i i really don't care about the gender i enjoy watching soccer yeah, yeah. but whenever you're in a country that loves maybe the men's side so much there's that kind of chip on your shoulder well guess what i'm gonna love the women's team even more than you love the men's team. I'm going to push it down your throat. Mm. And they're pushing it down the world's throat because in America, who are we always watching? We're always watching England. We're right. always watching these European teams. They're not European teams anymore. They're, they're global teams. Like the Manchester city is not an English team. They are they're, nothing English about them. They have a global um, fan base. Right. Yeah. Right. That that's, that's what we really don't have in the United <laughs> States, but um for that sentiment, yes, I agree that I don't think the lionesses um, should win. <laughs> I don't think they should win. But like, could they? Their... Could they? Let's get into. Could it. they? <laughs> let yeah, let's go into it. They are in. Would you say a favorable group? I'd say yeah. I think if they don't win all three games, I'd be surprised in this group. They play against Haiti, Denmark, and China. Um, all of their games are in Australia too, so they're not going out to New Zealand or mm. anything like that for their uh, group stage matches. I will say that Haiti could potentially be a team that surprises them, uh, especially with like Melche Dumernay just gets better and better every month, it seems like. So like if they are looking ahead to the knockouts when they play Haiti, like I could see that being a tough matchup, especially with their kind of center back depth. And we yeah. saw Australia take advantage of that yesterday. Uh, but yeah, I think they run through that pretty easily. Yeah. And, um, that's the first match of the world cup too. So if you're England, is that the match where you're ultra motivated or is that the match where like, okay, we're playing Haiti, Haiti, but they're really looking ahead to Denmark. They're really looking Mm. ahead to China. Could they come in and, you know, kind of, you know, punch them in the face. (laughs) They surprise them and be like, Hey, well, what about us? Because like you said, like against Australia, they lost pretty convincingly um, 0-2. I don't even think Sam Kerr was playing in that game. Sam Kerr was playing. Oh, she was. Oh, yeah. okay. They're giving yeah. her a break after. Yeah. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but still. Uh, yeah, so they lose to. Oh, because she scored. Because she scored a goal. She um, took over. Yeah. That's what the wheel of teams does, man. <laughs> it's just random. And who knows? Um, losing to England. Before that, they played in the uh, finalissima which is the UEFA versus Conan Ball champions playing Com- against each other. Completely made up tournament, right? We Can we I, talk I, about that? Um, <laughs> I had to look. I feel like I'm somewhat educated on the sport of soccer. I'm not an expert by any means, but I, when I saw 
all the people losing their mind about England holding a trophy and winning this match. I was like, what trophy? What is this for? Yeah, I, I've I've actually saw. I had to go to their team account where they said Finalissima, and I definitely had to Google it because I had no idea what it was. But it was the so the winner of Europe and the winner of South America play in this one match. It's kind of like for the Champions League, right? The Super Cup or whatever uh-huh. that is. It's the same idea. Um, but Brazil and England, they go to penalty kicks, actually. And this is played in London. <laughs> this is played in London. So uh, Elatune gets them on the board pretty early in the first half. But then in the 93rd minute, Brazil is able to tie the match up, um, getting over to penalties. And then, you know, England kind of bucked the trend and they won on penalties as opposed to losing on penalties like the country historically has. Mm. And they win this trophy, which 83,000 people were there to watch it. Which is incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's nuts. I I love the support. I love the support. Um, But geez, yeah, I... I don't think Katie get. I don't think Katie will win. I think England's going to come in here ultra motivated. They do have a slightly easier group than some other folks. Like I think Australia, France, and Ireland is probably the toughest. <laughs> it's probably the toughest group, and yeah. Nigeria also in that group. I, I think they're the That's toughest. That's like yeah, because Ireland, Nigeria, I think can punch above their weight, but also like they're not getting out of that group. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be. And if Australia doesn't make it out of the group, that is a crime i think that's a crime uh, i know england probably wants to play the united states they're probably sick of seeing that alex morgan t thing and i think they're ultra motivated this this time around and, and you're always gonna be motivated and anytime you ask a professional athlete i don't ask them this anymore but when you talk about motivation they're like of course i'm motivated yeah they don't need any know, any extra something to get up there again, they don't yeah. need extra <laughs> juice you know i'm i'm plenty motivated um england is a they're good at what they do i mean they're they're a strong team they just came off of the euros successful you know tournament for them um but the thing that strikes me so much about them is that they all pretty much play in england except for mm. three players their entire roster plays in england I feel like that's a competitive advantage whenever you're all already in the same country. You're already close to each other. The camps are not, you know, flying people halfway across the world. And even those three players who are out got two of them in Barcelona and then Mm. you have one at Bayern. Like you have a pretty close knit group where United States got, I mean, Sophia Smith plays in Portland and (laughs) attorney Rodman's in Washington, DC. That's longer than anybody is traveling in England for any given match, but and Lindsay Horan's oh, being held together by scotch tape as they ship her across the ocean. Yeah. Scotch tape and <laughs> some sort of magic or something like that. Yeah. Um, what do you see from England realistically passing the hate aside? Do you see England as a team that is going to be, you know, right there fighting for a spot in the final? I think so. I think this world cup is maybe and maybe it's because I haven't been as dialed in in past World Cups. Like I'm, I'm definitely in a place where I am with my job more into the weeds of like international women's soccer than I usually am. But it feels like the top four or five teams are relatively interchangeable when you talk about like France, Germany, England, U.S., Australia. Like I feel like 
there isn't a ton that separates them. And like England with these past two games, so obviously they go to penalties against Brazil, they lose against Australia, but they have injury issues in their back line and their center backs. Uh, so judging them on these past two games is a little bit unfair, but you can also say that like, okay, that points out that, you know, depth is an issue there where it isn't with some of the other top teams. Yeah. And like you said, I think they definitely want that U.S. that U.S. smoke, uh, <laughs> especially since, you know, the win 2-1 at Wembley, they probably want to say that they can do it outside of England. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, and, and you talk about the the depth issues and the injury issues like that. But if you look, at, I'm sure if you compared the Guardians list of top 100 players in the in the in the continent compared to the England national team, mm. I'm guessing they have more than the United States national team does. I'm I think it's, go on a it's limb. very telling that Rachel Daly once like moved up in the Guardians list by just transferring from Houston to Aston Villa. So. And not I mean, even to a good WSL <laughs> team. She like, no offense. Like you, you went over to Aston Villa. No, hmm. no offense at all. I know they're not like, a, they're not fighting for you know <laughs> to avoid relegation or anything like that. But still, they're not like. She didn't go to Chelsea. Yeah, you know they're nine. Uh, they're well, not ninth place this year. Um, yeah, it's it's a very telling list. And Sam Ewis, she was what number one player in the country. And when she came back to America, before she got injured, they had already dropped her down because of that. Although she was the best player in the world mm. at that point. Now, when she went back to America, well, we're all right. Talk about Sam. I get so so sad talking about Sam Mewis. I know. She had all that promise. She's on like the Julie Ertz return where it's going to be years before we probably see her. Get, actually, more because she has not played in over two years. Yeah. They restructured her contract in KC this year, basically like to allow her to get paid while she's rehabbing, but not have her on such a big dollar amount. So I think like that to me says that like her turn is not anytime soon. <sighs> anytime, at least until like the end of the year, if she's back ever. <sighs> yeah, that's so tough because you don't want her to, you know. No, she's such a good player. She's you so fun to, to watch. Yeah. And she just seems like oh, all in all, just a great person. Mm. And to have that out, um, yeah, that's tough. But back to England, kind of closing up with them. They they had a strong run. They had a really strong run going into the Euro. They, I mean, they never lost a game. Yeah, so is that <laughs> beneficial that they lose now and then you don't have that on your shoulders going into the World Cup? Like That could be a way to look at it, too. That's true. Or did they peak early? Or did they be early? Because the Euros last summer was amazing because you had, uh, you had Africa, you had South America, you had CONCACAF, which was the worst tournament, I would say, of all the tournaments mm. last year. Not even close. Um, did yeah. they kind of peak back then? Or uh, did they put so much into winning those Euros? Is that going to hurt them for this season? Yeah, like the vibes definitely aren't as good as they were last year on that squad, it seems like. Yeah. And also, you're going to have NWSL players who are on the United States national team, which most of the team is NWSL players. You're going to have them playing mid-season soccer Mm. whenever you get to Australia, New Zealand, where England, 
Like I said, every player is in Europe. Minus three players. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. that yeah, they're going to be... At the end of a season where yeah. they played the Euros, they played a full season, and now they're going straight into a World Cup. Mm. Is... <laughs> I know that's an argument I've heard from English folks for why the United States wins. So it's like, oh, well, the seasons are different and blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, sure. You didn't see MLS players yeah. bawling out in the World Cup <laughs> last winter. So let's just... It's our superpowers that we play during the summer. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I, I think that could have an impact. But man, it's it's an exciting time. I am so pumped for this World Cup. Like I am ecstatic for I it. Like, I know the times are not going to be great, but yeah. I'm gonna. I need to find some freelance work. I need to find <laughs> some freelance World Cup writing. So if anybody out there listens, mm. I, I write about soccer. I When I want to be professional, I am professional. <laughs> so uh, anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, I feel like competitively, even though like, U.S. chances aren't as dominant as they maybe have been perceived in past World Cups, like, I feel like from a fun standpoint, there are so many teams that I enjoy watching heading into this world cup yeah like you have canada uh, some would argue that canada is even better than the united states just because of their you know olympic win and all that good stuff some but would. you know i win but some, some would. somewhat i'm not going to but somewhat <laughs> um australia is going to have the home cooking and they're not a bad team either uh france has gotten their stuff together uh mostly so they're going to be able to compete um england's in there like you mentioned all the teams that you mentioned before it's the field is a lot stronger mm. and you can see that the world has caught up whenever we're good. saying like, that Haiti could shock people or yeah. you're saying that Ireland's going to have us, you know, they could maybe sneak out a win like that. You wouldn't say that years ago. Yeah. Like I don't want to see another world cup where like us beats Thailand 10, nothing or whatever. Like that's just not fun from like a competitive standpoint, like as a us fan. Great. But like, I want to see competitive games. I want to see them actually have to have some grit to get through it. Fight and claw out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But it's going to come up in uh, July. The one thing that's kind of annoying, not, not about the World Cup, we're going to change gears to Major League Soccer. Um, now, there's a lot I could be saying about what's annoying about Major League Soccer, but the <laughs> League's Cup is mm. right at the same time as the World Cup. Which I think is really annoying. <laughs> like it's really frustrating. Such, yeah, I have a problem with League's Cup in that it's like. Yeah, let me hear more. Like, what you what do you think about the cup as a whole? I like the idea. Like the from a competitive standpoint, I think it's cool. I like. I don't know. I'm always a nerd for playing like international games. So seeing like City play Club America, I think it's great. But you have like a limited number of months that are good to play soccer in America, and you're like taking one of the big ones and putting a international tournament in it where like half the teams aren't going to play after the 15th of the month. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's the issue I have with it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I understand. I, I also love the kind of exhibition FIFA kind of style of it <laughs> where I can play against the team in league MX and I can, you know, uh, playing against all these different clubs. And I like the format. Obviously, they're all working towards that World Cup in 2026. Yeah. And they're trying to get, you know, here are a few practice runs of hosting a World Cup um, using the League's Cup. Also love that, you know, Club America and St. Louis are going to be coming here to Columbus, which is really fantastic. I'm 
no offense to St. Louis, I'm especially excited about the Club America match. Well, it's cool, right? Because like you don't have it very often, like outside of Concacaf Champions League. Like it's nice to yeah. have that guaranteed game against Liga Mekis teams, and it's cool to see like where you stack up too, especially against a Club America. That's that's huge. Yeah, like the Campeones Cup, they played that in 2021 against Cruz Azul, where the crew won. But I, I feel like a lot of these. MLS League MX matches are going to be okay. Let's stand back, <laughs> go in the transition. That's what yeah. a lot of teams. That's the formula that has seen these teams win these Campiones exhibition, the finalissimas, as we should say, of made of up competitions. Yeah, yeah. Very made up. <laughs> um, let's talk about just St. Louis. This is the first season. Let's do it exhibition or not exhibition um expansion teams it's really been a roller coaster in major league soccer because for every atlanta united you have where they come out insane they come out and they're going nuts in their first season and they're winning an mls cup what second season they won an mls cup um they're a contender from day one though that team is so good yeah. yeah for all of the atlanta united's you have about 20 fc cincinnati's and (laughs) this year st louis came into the fold and honestly like they announced the team so long ago it's hard to like when you're not playing matches it's Mm. hard for me as a fan i am definitely now a casual mls fan i don't i don't ask me to name a single player on st louis but i'm thinking okay what's gonna happen with this team like what's gonna how are they going to play? Are they going to be like an Atlanta or are they going to be a wooden hmm. spoon contender? And right out of the bat, they won how many matches in a row? Five in a row off the, oh. off the bat. Yeah. Two of those matches, by the way, they were given goals by the de- defense. But anyway, uh, I, I, I watched the MLS wrap up show. That's the only reason yeah. I know that. Justin, walk us through what has been so kind of fun or exciting about yeah. not well, just an like, expansion, but a good expansion. Team. Yeah. Like Thomas, like we've, I think we've probably talked with you guys before. How we were just like on the podcast, we just kept talking about how we didn't want to be FC Cincinnati. Like that was our that was our goal. So it was a yeah. very low ceiling. <laughs> uh, so we weren't expecting this. Like obviously, you watched the academy play, you watched MLS, their you know city two team play, and you could see the principles that this city team is playing by. So they have a style of play that they when they play with from top to bottom from the MLS team to the Academy. And they brought in their foreign players like last year to kind of get a company to each other to play with a two team. And like, I think that's made a big difference. They play like a team. They like year round training and it's a very fun environment. Like obviously it's highly competitive and Klaus is a monster, but like, it's clearly a family environment. They did a good job. Like Lutz did a great job building a team of players that have something to prove in a way, and also that like have a personality that meshes together so well. Like it's just exciting to see. Like they're kind of in their first little bump in the road, but this is kind of their first stretch of like competitive games, I would say. Because if you look at their first five opponents outside of Austin, like they're all games that you look at, you're like, okay, I can see why they won those games. I think Austin has shown that they can be exposed a yeah. little bit. And like better. in that game, Kip Keller comes in, who is a St. Louis and former SLU guy. Uh, first game starting at set, or not starting, but he has to come in injured, 
uh, for their injured center back and like just the worst giveaway that you've ever seen when you pass it like directly to Jared Stroud. He's behind him. Like, I still don't quite know what's going on <laughs> on there, but yeah, you look at, I don't want to call it luck, but that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> and a few folks haven't seen it. He center back has the ball and a lot oftentimes center back will turn around and pass it back yeah. to the goalkeeper. He's definitely pressured. Yeah. And he turns around to pass it back to Stuver, but but Jared there's Trout a standing human standing between, between <laughs> him and Stuver. And that human is wearing another team's jersey. Yeah. And it was that was the first week of the season. Right. And that yeah. was that was I our intro. I watched that over and over again. That was fantastic. And I think we even shared some tweets about it mm. on the internets. Um, I even saw one fan, bless MLS fans' hearts sometimes. They're like, is this even legal? He's calling for the ball. Like, how is that illegal? That yeah. you're for your your player just messed up. That's the only thing that happened. And it's again, a young center back making a terrible decision. A guy that's probably gonna be pretty good, good in this league. Yeah. <laughs> No, no good, very bad decision. So now St. Louis, they have, you know, they've lost a match, which that, that can also help because when you have a streak like that and people talk about it so much, yeah, they can kind of get into people's heads as much as players say, oh, I just think, oh, let's think about the next match. Like, sure you are. Okay. But when you're being I'm asked, sure like, <laughs> well, how is this expansion team undefeated? Like every second, every question that people are asking, yeah, I think it got a little bit annoying. <laughs> Yeah, oh, for sure. So now they kind of have that that off their backs, like that little less pressure on mm. their shoulders, and you don't have to keep this amazing run going. I'm I'm interested to see what St. Louis does. I know this year they're not going to be playing the crew in regular season play. They're going to be doing the uh, League's Cup, as we mentioned before. Um, but I, I I do hope for the best for for St. Louis. Um, what well, realistically? Where can you kind of see them now that you've seen them play what six matches or something like yeah. that? Where can you see them at the end of the season? Do you think I think they have? Team? Yeah, I think they're a playoff team. I think like I probably have them like fourth or fifth. Like they're in that realm of okay, they're not as good as Seattle and LAFC. Like Seattle definitely exposed them, but past weekend. But I think they're in that realm of like Dallas, Minnesota. Like Minnesota played that Minnesota game was tough, but it's a matchup of two teams that have contrasting styles that's always going to be like a an interest especially the rebound game is going to be interesting to see but like I kinda, yeah. yeah i kind of have them in that like and i think they outplayed minnesota too like just in terms of the run of play so i think they're in that kind of like four to five to six range in the west because the western conference is not sucks. very good <laughs> so just say yeah. it. it sucks <laughs> but for yeah you have vancouver you have um, KC, Real Salt yeah, San Jose, all just really bad. <laughs> it's rough over there. It's rough goings over there. But the top of the the top mm. of the top. It's like really Seattle and LA are, are way up here. Then you have like Dallas, Minnesota, Austin, St. Louis, and then like everything else. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. And then Portland, like half of their team is injured. Yeah. Um, um, so Eric Williamson going out is, that hurts. But yeah. <sighs> I don't know what's going on over there. I saw the injury list. So I think it's like eight people deep right now. Like yeah, out, they're, they're, not questionable tough. out. Yeah. God. Um, the crew, we don't talk about the crew as much on Brian and me over the last few weeks, but after 
the first match against Philadelphia had a really good first half. And then it got really bad in the second half. And they had some kind of rough matches in there. But now, I don't know if you've paid any attention. You probably pay more attention to other teams in MLS than I do. Um, even when I wrote about the crew, I was very only to only thinking about the crew. <laughs> I was not thinking about other teams whatsoever. Um, they've been on a run. Pretty big run. They've scored 12 goals in the last three matches. And they've given up one goal in the last three matches. So Wilford Nancy, um, which I really hope commentators focus on how they say Nancy, because they say it so quickly sometimes that it sometimes sounds like they're saying Nazi. And I don't <laughs> want them to, I don't want us to get confused there. Um, the players in Columbus, they look like they survived Caleb Porter. And they look like they're just so happy now. In interviews, players are like, this coach doesn't care how long you played in the league. He picks the best players. Like, that's something that Caleb Porter did not do. <laughs> he had favorites. He liked veterans. Now the team, they seem to be enjoying themselves. They joke around. They seem to have fun. Um, nonsense. I, yeah. I don't know what Montreal is doing, not doing anything they could to keep him in Montreal. Like, that's a cue for Columbus. To... That's because he was with them for a really long time. Uh-huh. Like, he started with them and he kind of moved up. I think maybe just Tim Bezbachenko was saying, Hey, you're the coach we want. How much money do you want? Right. <laughs> we'll pay you. <laughs> Tell us the number and we will pay you for that, uh, for that job. Cause he, I mean, you couldn't ignore Montreal last season. Yeah, they were insane. And this year, they're not even doing the same thing that Montreal did, where Montreal would come back late. They were never out of the match. They would always fight. Now, granted, they did against D.C. United, Salt Lake, and Atlanta United, but they kind of just pummel teams <laughs> with the current roster the crew has. And it really makes, I think, Porter look even worse with yeah, well, how well the crew are playing. I watched a few of those games last year, and it just seemed like... I mean, wasn't there a lot of times at the end of games last year that they let up leads and yeah, they yeah. coughed it up um, so many times. And at the end of the match, especially if they gave up a lead, and it was a draw. And like Porter just like, like oh, so well, you know, dejected. It's not a loss; it's a draw <laughs> and stuff. Like he, you could tell he wasn't. It was just like it seemed it. like yeah. a guy who's like time at a club is done, and like that. I think just happens in football when you don't have enough turnover. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, um, man. Yeah, but I, I I'm excited to see where they go. I'm actually going to my first match this weekend. I'm not going to a single crew match or watched. Well, I, I've watched a couple full matches because I got the Apple TV. I waited till the last possible second, which was I think the third or fourth match, and I was like, okay, basketball season's over. I need to get <laughs> the MLS pass. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've enjoyed it so far. I enjoy Apple games. a lot. I don't necessarily love that every game is on at the same time because I, unlike you, I do, I'm a nerd in that I want to watch like every game I can. So it's kind of tough when they're all at the same time. But like the picture quality of Apple TV has been fantastic. It's great. I think the production value is yeah, much it's so good. better. Um, and Less I, embarrassing I, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you're trying right, to like, introduce right. people to MLS, it's like, hey, look at this; it's in 4K. <laughs> you have Bally Sports. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of legacy cable folks who we still associate 
a game being on cable as a big deal. Yeah. I, I, I there's so and much Valley's streaming out like, there. Because City would have definitely been on Palace. That's where like all the St. Louis sports go. And I haven't been able to watch like a Blues game. So like I'm a pretty big hockey fan, but I haven't been able to watch a Blues game in so long because none of my streaming services like have held Valleys in like years, really. So that would have been such a bad deal. That's awful. Yeah, I um, uh, the one thing I do miss is missing some of the personalities mm. that were on there. Just some of the the anchors of folks who are commenting on the matches because as a fan watching a match, I don't care that my commentators are homers. I really don't care. Like it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Now we only have national um, for the home matches where I'm not most of them. I'm not going to, but if I'm not going to home match, I do turn on the radio, which is a great feature where you can plug in the audio from the radio broadcast and get your homerism in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Chris Dorn for the crew. I mean, we had him on before the MLS Cup in 2020. He's a he's a stand up dude, um, and he just does a he does a fantastic job. I would just love MLS to expand it to home and away, where you can choose which radio you listen to during the match. That would be great if I could just hear that all the time. But yeah. I'm sure the commentators would be like, "Hey, they've said that they're working on that functionality." So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this year. Like, I think that's the cool thing too. Is it seems like it's ever evolving, and like. Yeah. Got to work out some of the kinks of the initial run out, but it seems yeah. like a good deal so far. Last question I'm going to ask you before we go, Justin, thanks again for hanging out tonight. It's been a blast. Talked a lot about NWSL and we talked about women's national team. We talked about MLS. We've been, we've been all over the place. Everything soccer related. <laughs> we bashed the guardian and we bashed everybody in English soccer mm. media. So we, we've hit all the marks. Last thing, wanna, hits. last thing I want to ask you, and this is the question we teased at the beginning mm. of the show. How are you doing with getting STL Soccer Talking Lads podcast sued by an MLS team? Because a few folks out there in the world don't know. Um, what is it? River City Ramble? What's River City name? Ramble. Yeah, they were River the City Soccer Ramble. Capital podcast, which was like how we are a play on words of STL. For those of you that didn't put it together, Soccer Talk Lads, if you take the, the first letter of oh. each of those words, it spells STL. I'm catching um, up. Yeah. So their podcast name was based off uh, the Missouri, the like old Missouri Capitol building. It's downtown. It's in front of the arch. It's uh, If you look at the arch, that's the Capitol building that they're talking about. So it's it was a play on words of that, but they got a season assist letter from Sporting Kansas City because they have apparently trademarked the name uh, Soccer Capital. That's so stupid. So That's dumb. so stupid. <laughs> but since then, because of that suing, River City Ramble has now gotten all this attention, mm-hmm. has gotten all this notoriety. So their, their we're followers still like skyrocketed. Yeah, and, we're trying to get sued by the city of St. Louis and it's been unsuccessful awesome. so far, but we're trying. You got to work hard. I think you could even like call yourself the massive St. Louis podcast. Okay. Yeah. And maybe the crew will go after you. You don't have to get sued by STL. You can get sued by any MLS team. We'll be like, I uh, I think the fire STL podcast. Yeah. Chicago fire. You could get sued by NBC and MLS right now. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking. I'll bring that up with Steven. Yeah. Yeah. That's, good. That's a two first. So I think you really need to discuss this in great detail over <laughs> the next episode, which you're recording after we're done here with right. uh, Justin and me, a.k.a. Brian and me. Um, so you need to get on that because it, 
I mean, it helped their followership skyrocket. I think yeah. it was. Um, it would yeah, be good for the brand to have some it. litigation for sure. Right. We don't I have great was... lawyers, um, so maybe we need to get better at that. But, but they didn't have a lawyer either. They were just like, okay, we'll change our name. And then people, the court of public opinion said, Kansas City, you're guilty yeah. of being horrible people yes, for going are. after these dudes doing a podcast. Sporting um, is in, like, they're definitely at a low point in their uh, franchise. Everything. In their, in their everything. <laughs> Their stadium's nice, but that's about it. That's all they have going for them. Right stadium's now. nice, but like CMP is such a, it's such a drag to get out there. Like it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You're like in a shopping mall. It's, I don't know. I have like, it's a great stadium, but I'm spoiled by being like being at city park every week now. It's a, uh, but yeah. But once that Kansas city current, stadium is built oh doggy watch out their you know, practice should, facility is so nice too like that's gonna be real nice to see the nwsl specific stadium and then you don't have to drive all the way out into kansas also which will be nice you should um do what austin does and just call where cmp is as the second downtown just call it the second downtown and then be like oh okay well our city's so big we have a second mm-hmm. downtown that's what the austinites do and it works out for them so just rebrand it okay yeah rebrand I'll, I'll, it. I'll throw that out there next time all right. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening to Brian, me, aka Justin, and me tonight. Justin Horniker, again, thanks for being on the show. How can you give us the 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 ads on the Twitter? Yeah, so uh, where folks can find follow me on Twitter if you're still on that hell site. I'm always posting my articles. So at Horniker Justin, just my last name, my first name. Also, talk in soccer. I make videos on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, and uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. But you know, That's if you follow awesome. me on Twitter. Uh, I post everything there. I am, you know, until there's a better option anyway. We had stopped posting on Twitter. I just, I think it was the NPR thing. I was like, okay, I'm just done. I'm just, I'm just done at this point. It's just ridiculous. Um, So we are not, uh, we have our Twitter account still. We haven't deleted it, but we're not posting on it. I've used it for messages because we still talk to folks and we have people that, I mean, I, I even told Justin, hey, just text me. I'm not going to check the Twitter messages. Just text me. Um, so we got rid of that, but we're still on Instagram at Bryant and me. So we still do stuff out there. That's where we see the talk in soccer. The videos are great. I think mm-hmm. you should go out and follow thank you, thank you. that because, again, if you're following yeah, Brian and me and not I kind of started that like knowing that I needed a place for all of my content, especially with, you know, if Twitter does go down or whatever. Who knows yeah. at this point? Uh, so. Still kind of building that up, but yeah, I always love making videos and stuff. Yeah, and you should all watch it because you're going out to you with some national team matches. You're at mm-hmm. current matches. You're 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 there for the St. Louis matches. Come on, like it's a no brainer, folks. Go out and follow. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody, to the show. We always appreciate it. it was show like one twelve or something like that in this universe of Brimey. We have other universes and other episodes too. But uh thanks for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate like Marvel. It. I, I can't keep track we, of No, we are. We pretty <laughs> much are like Marvel. We're this is the current multiverse that we're in. Um but thanks for listening. Remember take care of yourselves. Mental health is always important. Um it means reaching out a friend, somebody who will listen and also professionally because you should also seek professional help if you need it because they're the pros and counseling is good yeah I, it's very good and relying just on your friends is great because your mm-hmm. friends are awesome but also um your friends might be going through similar stuff too so make sure you're talking to somebody who's designed to talk to you and help you more 
more importantly there. Um, we're going to be back next week. We'll see because Brian's going to be here in town. Um, and then I'm going to go out down to Charlotte next weekend to see hopefully more than 16 minutes of soccer between the crew and CLT FC down in Charlotte. Um, but thanks for listening again. And um, Brian usually does the close of the podcast. I'm not as good as him. So let's just end it. Adios. Bye. <laughs> Bye.